If someone were to, to say to you, God spoke to me, how would you res- respond to that? I think a lot of people in our world, if somebody says God spoke to me, they'd have some combination of maybe you're crazy or, me, or arrogant, you know, that, oh, God, you know, special message just for you. But uh, people w- would approach that with some level of skepticism. I think for us as people of faith, when, when we hear someone say God spoke to me, we say, of course, of course God spoke to you. We believe in a God who speaks and communicates to his people. I suspect, though, there's also some of us, when, when someone says, God spoke to me, where you might feel a little left out. It's like, oh, that sounds good, but I'm not sure I've ever experienced that. I'm not sure I'm in that club. I'm a little bit on the outside of that. And um, I want to consider this notion today of hearing God's voice. And we are people who believe that God desires to communicate and fellowship with his people. And just as it says in John 10.27, Jesus said, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. And we look at Jesus' early uh, disciples, his followers, and it's described that, they, that there's times when they're together, for example, in Acts 13, and they're just together and they're praying, and the Holy Spirit just speaks to them. And they heard it without any real elaboration. It's just accounted that God would speak to his people. It makes sense, right? If, if we're going to have a relationship with God and we're going to communicate with God, it can't just be a one-way thing where we speak to God and then not listen. Relationships don't work that way. If you get home from work and your spouse says, how was your day? And you go on and on about all your meetings and all you accomplished and everything you experienced during the day and then just walk away, my advice to you is that you stop and say, how was your day? And then do some listening yourself, because it feels good to be listened to. So I've been told. The (laughs) even worse, even worse, you wouldn't go to your doctor and you get an appointment and the doctor is before you and you say, Doc, I got this weird rash on the back of my arm, and then I think there's pressure on my eyeball and it's causing my vision to be blurry. And if I walk more than you know half a mile, my hip, it really hurts on my hip. And Doc, you're always here to you know, for me to share these things with you, and this has been really great, and i got to go, and you leave the appointment without waiting for the doctor to respond to your list of things that are weighing on you or your ailments. And, and yet when we pray, we can almost treat God that way. Oh, God, here's all my things and all. Okay, thanks for hearing me. I'm so glad you're there. And then we just kind of leave the appointment. Um, I, the big difference, I, I guess, is God is invisible, and that from my own personal experience and experience of many people I know, and really the testimony of Scripture, that the most typical way that God would speak is not an audible voice like you would with your spouse or with a, a friend. So, but we do believe that, you know, that God is speaking. So how do we understand that? So I want to look at this in two parts today. One is just what are some different ways that God uh, speaks or has spoken to his people. And then secondly, I want to take a a look at this Psalm 29, because it talks a lot about the voice of the Lord, but it talks about God's voice in a way that's a little different than we maybe usually think of it or the way we want to think of it. And so it's kind of interesting. I want to dig into that as well. But let's pray as we begin. So Father God, you are great and you are holy, and it's been our joy to worship you as you deserve. 
Now, with the confidence that you are a God who speaks, we pray that as we look at your word and we consider your ways, that you would be moving and that you would teach us in this time. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So what are some ways that God can speak to people? I think, certainly in a general sense, God speaks through his creation. Psalm 19 says that the heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge that what God has created speaks something of him to his world. And I know a lot of people have a deep, profound sense of God's presence and who God is when you're out away from man-made things. You're just in nature, you're in the woods, and you consider, God has made all this, God designed all these things, God understands everything around me. Or you climb up a mountain and you, you just look from the summit at the beauty of, of mountains and um, looking across valleys and you just know that there is a creator God who is great and good and you feel connected. But it's a very general kind of a speech that God's creation speaks about him. In a more specific way, God can speak through prophets. We see this particularly in the Old Testament, but also in the New Testament and today that God will give a message to a person who receives it, who then can speak it to another person. So God, but you notice a number of steps there. It's God speaking, somebody receiving a message, and feeling compelled enough to speak that message to another person in a way that that person can receive it. For those who, uh, and, and I believe that God still speaks this way through people. I think God has spoken to me through other people with messages that he's given them. I think we exercise these kind of gifts with a lot of humility, knowing that we can sometimes get it wrong, that we're prone to sin. But yet we need, if God is calling you to speak to someone else, or if God is bringing a message to, re- to receive that, even scripture says actually you can actually test that. If somebody gives you a message and you want to know, is this a word from God for me, that we test it against scripture we can, is this in line with the character of God, what we understand about Jesus? And so we, there is some, we exercise some caution, but also open to how God wants to, to speak. And if God gives you a message to speak to someone, you don't have to say, you don't have to preface it with, thus says the Lord. You know? um, if you have the spiritual gift of encouragement from God's Holy Spirit, you don't go to people and say, I have the spiritual gift of encouragement, and I'm going to speak encouraging words to you right now. And then do that. Or you don't say, if you have the spiritual gift of hospitality, you don't say, I have the spiritual gift of hospitality. I'm going to invite you into my home and serve you a meal and exercise my spiritual gift of hospitality. If you have the spiritual gift of of prophecy where God is giving you messages to speak, with the same humility, you can faithfully speak those words without sort of uh, making some big to-do about the fact that God has given this to you in some way. So God can speak through prophets. God can speak through angels. I, don't, I have never experienced that personally, and I actually don't know. I haven't really encountered people who have had these profound you know, kind of messages from angels. But we see it in Scripture that God can certainly use an angel to bring an important message. Uh, we see that time and again in Scripture. God could speak through a dream. Some people have more dreams than others. I actually believe that God has spoken to me through dreams on a couple of occasions, actually. just And really, over the last 20 years, I'd say twice. But when it happened, it was unmistakable. 
that God made it clear to me through the dream that he was speaking to me, and it was significant and um, actually helped me in a couple very key situations um, over time. So God can do that. God can speak directly with an audible voice. We believe that because we see it over and over in scriptures, in the Old Testament certainly. You, know, you have, for example, Moses on the mountain with God, and they're just you know, talking to each other, we, uh, where it's just, you just know, you have a human who knows that they're talking to God. In other cases, God can speak to a human and not even realize that it's God. It was the, the famous story of the prophet Samuel when God is first calling him. And God calls his name and gets up and wakes up the guy in the room next door. He said, what do you want? He said, I'm not calling you. He goes back to bed. God calls him again. He goes wakes up his buddy again. No, <laughs> it's, I'm not calling you. It actually might be God. And then Samuel's able to respond to the voice of God uh, with some prompting uh, from, from his mentor. You know, certainly it, when Jesus... During his ministry, when he was baptized, the voice of God speaks. You know, this is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. You hear the, just the voice of God speaking very audibly um, to people. And these are all ways that God can speak to us, but God's word makes it clear. And maybe the reason we don't always experience these kind of um, sort of spectacular ways of God speaking, we see here in Hebrews chapter 1, it says this. It says, in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets and at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he's spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom and through whom also he made the universe. What this is teaching is God has spoken in all kinds of ways and he can and he still will, but God has spoken so clearly by taking on human flesh, walking with us, living life as it was meant to be, speaking words of God's truth so clearly in human language, heard by other human ears, that God has done that for us, that God has spoken absolutely clearly. And this is how, this will be the primary way that we listen to God, is through Jesus Christ. That's why uh, God's word, the Bible, which describes Again, the whole Old Testament pointing to the coming of the Messiah, of Jesus. And Jesus' words accounted there. And the, the, the writings of the early church and these things that describe how we interact with God and how we know God, that this is, this is where we're going to start our conversation with God, all around the person of Jesus. Those other ways of God speaking, they, they are very uh, they're exciting and if God gives them to you, I pray that you would be faithful to listen and, that, and to understand God's way. But Scripture is where primarily we're going to hear God's voice. Um, and again, not just, by, not just in the words of the text, but we believe that these words are alive and active and that God is still speaking through them and that his spirit is moving as we reflect and meditate on his word to speak to us. And we can learn his voice that way so that we can hear it and also speak. Just like you learn any language, the language of prayer, we're going to learn it by exposing ourselves to a lot of God's language in the Bible. Children learn how to speak when they're spoken to and read to. And children who are spoken to more and read to more with a broader vocabulary tend to have stronger language skills than children who are not spoken to or read to as much. 
If you're going to learn a foreign language, you can memorize words out of a, a book or a dictionary. But it's, when you interact and start to hear people speak the native, their native language, that you are genuinely starting to grow in that kind of communication. As we immerse in God's word, we understand how God speaks and we can speak to him and hear from him powerfully. I love Pastor Dan's illustration a few weeks ago. He, he gets these emails from me, these spam emails, apparently from me, that are asking him for money or for, to buy me gift cards or do some kind of whatever scam it is. But he knows it's not me because we've interacted. We've talked. I've emailed him. He's seen my writing. He's heard my voice. He knows that that's not actually me. And if I email you and I'm asking for gift cards or something like that, that's not from me. Um, it may look like it's from me. Know my voice. I'm not asking for that stuff. Uh, but that's why I love the notion of meditation on Scripture. Because it starts a conversation with God of talking and listening with words. And again, nonverbal communication, a wordless communication is beautiful. You know, two people could um, just look at each other lovingly in the eyes and not say anything. And that's very, that can be romantic and that there's something that's communicated there. And so my wife and I can do that. I could sit and like, look at her and smile. But it's built on 20-something years of marriage where we've had a lot of words and lots of conversation and experience so that those moments of the silent communication are more um, rich and beautiful. Relationships that are primarily built on wordless communication are awkward. For example, like when I was in junior high, I was, became interested in girls. I actually had to pick up a phone and talk to a girl, which like today you don't have to do that. You could just kind of send a message or something. But I had to actually call uh, someone's home and say, may I speak to your daughter, and then get her on the phone. And, but then it's you know, three minutes of great conversation and then a lot of awkward silence. Like, I don't know this person. I don't know what to say. I don't really know how to co- have a conversation with a girl or anybody, really. And, it, and then there's silence, and you say, are you still there? Yeah? Do you want to hang up? No. Do you want to hang up? No. Am I the only one who's had this kind of conversation? I was the only awkward middle schooler in the room. We don't want to have this kind of awkward... If you want to hear God's voice, we do need to be silent, but I would, my, my great recommendation is to start with his word, which is living and active, and let his word... Uh, begin there and then be silent and remove distractions and just hear what God might be saying through that and in those moments and let God guide you through that. That's, if you want to hear God's voice, there's no better way. No better way. But what do we make of Psalm 29 here? Because it starts off okay. Um, verses 1 and 2, it says, Ascribe to the Lord, you heavenly beings, Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord glory. Do his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. This psalm, this prayer, begins with uh, acknowledging God for who he really is, which is a great way to start a prayer. That Actually, last week we looked at the Lord's Prayer. We say, Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. You are holy. And here it starts off, you know, worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. And we remember that we begin prayer by worship, if we, if we begin prayer by getting our eyes off of our own needs and our own uh, self and getting our eyes on God and who he is, that's going to reorient our prayer. If we don't, prayer can actually have an opposite effect. 
um, prayer can actually make us anxious if we just go with these long lists of, of requests. A woman once told her pastor this. She said, before, I would run right to my prayer list, and the more I went through all the problems and needs, the more anxious and burdened I would get. Now I've started spending time thinking about how good and wise God is, how, he's, how many prayers he's answered of mine in the past. And when I get to my own needs, now I can put them in his hands and feel the burden coming off me rather than on me. Just remembering who God is. And that's how this psalm starts. But then it starts to talk about the voice of the Lord. And it's, it's, it's spectacular. What is going on with the, the power of God's voice is uh, not like a little whisper, like sometimes it's described, but as thunder, as lightning, as this massive storm. And to understand this, really, Psalm 29, in a, in a, in a sense, is an answer to Psalm 28. So to Psalm 28, verse 1, I think we have this one up here. To you, Lord, I call, this is Psalm 28, to you, Lord, I call, you are my rock. Do not turn a deaf ear to me, for if you remain silent, I would be like those who go to the pit. So that prayer is, if God, if you, if, if you are silent, if, you're not, if your voice isn't speaking, I'm in big trouble. I, it's if I'm stuck or dead. And the answer in Psalm 29 is, you think God is silent? Oh, no. God's voice is powerful. God's voice is like a mighty thunderstorm. It's his, his glorious power and kingship. When his voice goes out, even the tallest trees are snapped like toothpicks because God's voice is so powerful and so amazing and so overwhelming. I don't know if you ever like watching a storm. I used to love watching storms. I worked at a summer camp up in New Hampshire. And based on the way it was situated, uh, lightning storms would come in across the lake. So you could see them in the distance. And you see lightning dropping out of the clouds. And everybody would run to their cabins for shelter. And then the, the storm would come across the lake and up over the camp. And it was ju- just the thunder and the cracks of lightning. And when lightning would strike a tree right there on the campus, happened a couple times when I was there. You feel the electricity. And it is so loud and spectacular. And you just say, whoa. Whoa, that was, that's powerful. Here, this is a description of God's voice. And the response we see in verse 9, the response of the voice of the Lord twists the oaks and, and strips the forest bare, and all in his temple cry, Whoa, glory, glory to God. That's a description of God's voice. And yet, How does this end? In verse 10 and 11, the Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord is enthroned as king forever. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. The same God whose voice can thunder and shake the mountains and snap the trees, that same Lord sits on his throne. And what does he do? Are we terrified? Are we blown away? We are blessed by this God with strength and peace. What we learn about prayer here is this uh, this great tension. Again, in the Lord's Prayer, we pray, Father, Heavenly Father, who is loving and close, hallowed is your name. Holy you are. That God is so immense and holy, and yet he's so close and loving. And we hold this tension of God's greatness and his love. And when we, when we think about God speaking to us, it's, his voice isn't just terror that we can't absorb. It's, it's a God who desi- desires to bless and strengthen his people. 
So that Psalm 29 is kind of an intense example of how we understand God's voice. Yet we know that it's true, that God can, is so powerful and almost terrifying, and yet so loving and close. We know that's true because of Jesus. That every person on this earth has strayed from God's way, that we should be objects of God's wrath because of that. And yet, God in his mercy pours his wrath out on Jesus, on our behalf. Jesus stands in our place on the cross. He gets God's wrath. He absorbs that. And we receive all the blessing that flows to us as God's people so that we can truly be people who know God, who can have conversation with God, who can hear God's voice as he guides us. So I don't want to just uh, talk about this. I actually want to give, we want to give you an opportunity to uh, reflect a little, and perhaps God wants to speak to you today. And I want to welcome up one of our prayer team members, Laura Hayner, uh, from the church prayer team. is going to share a little bit about how uh, she has conversation with God and, and lead us in a time of prayer. So, Laura? Prayer has always been an important component of my journey with Jesus um, since a younger age when I accepted Jesus into my heart. Um, I've always been drawn to find ways to connect with the presence of God and to get to know him. So about 12 years ago, during a worship service, God showed me an image of a garden. And through time, that image has become a meeting place with God. Um, it's a beautiful garden, and it has become this garden of my heart where we connect and talk. It's a place where I go and I speak to him, hear from him, seek community with him. I go to the garden when I'm anxious or when I need to confess something or when my heart yearns to hear truth and love. I believe that God created our imagination and when we tune that imagination to biblical truth and we turn it over to God, he can use it. I also believe that he wants to hear from us and that he wants to speak to us. So this morning, we're going to take some time and close off distractions and tune into the Holy Spirit. We wanted to create a space for you to meet with him. You may see an image, hear a word, or a Bible verse, which is often a way he speaks to us. So I invite you to close your eyes, if that's helpful for you, and put your focus on God. Think of the Father, Son, or Holy Spirit. If God were to lead you to a place of rest and connection, think of what that might look like. There might be times of silence as we listen, but I'm going to pray for us. Lord, come. We invite you to speak to us. We say glory be to you, God. You are holy. You are worthy of our time. We ask that you tune off distractions and turn our eyes to you. 
cover us with your presence. Thank you that you're here with us. So picture Father, Son, or Holy Spirit. What do you see? What's around you? Where are you? Or where is God? Now, what does he want to say to you or to show you? And is there something you want to say to him in response? for you. He sees you. He loves you. Thank you, God, for these quiet minutes that you speak to us. And I just pray, Lord, that it would continue throughout the week as we serve you in our, our places of work and school and our homes, that you would continue to speak, Lord, in our dreams and our connections with friends. We want to know you more, Lord. So I pray that you would seal up everything you did here this morning, whatever you spoke, that it would be um, engraved in our hearts, God. We love you, Father. Amen. <laughs>